0: Chapter 27 of Nature and Art. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michael Fascio. Nature and Art by Elizabeth Inchbald. Chapter 27 The child of William and Agnes was secreted by Rebecca in a distant chamber belonging to the dreary parsonage, near to which scarcely any part of the family ever went there she administered to all its wants visited it every hour of the day and at intervals during the night viewed almost with the joy of a mother its health its promised life and in a short the found she loved her little gift better than anything on earth except the giver henry called the next morning and the next and many succeeding times in hopes of an opportunity to speak alone with rebecca to inquire concerning her charge and to consult when and how he could privately relieve her from her trust as he now meant to procure a nurse for wages in vain he called or lurked around the house for near five weeks all the conversation he could obtain with her was in company of her sisters who beginning to observe his preference his marked attention to her and the languid half-smothered transport with which she received it indulged their envy and resentments at the contempt shown to their charms by watching her steps when he was away, and her every look and whisper while he was present. For five weeks, then, he was continually thwarted in his expectation of meeting her alone, and at the end of that period the whole design he had to accomplish by such a meeting was rendered abortive. Though Rebecca had with the strictest caution locked the door of the room in which the child was hid, and covered each crevice, and every aperture through which sound might more easily proceed. Though she had surrounded the infant's head with pillows, to obstruct all noise from its crying, yet one unlucky night, the strength of his voice increasing with his age, he was heard by the maid, who slept the nearest to that part of the house. Not meaning to injure her young mistress, the servant next morning simply related to the family what sounds had struck her ear during the night, and whence they proceeded. At first she was ridiculed. For supposing herself awake when in reality she must be dreaming. But steadfastly persisting in what she had said, and Rebecca's blushes, confusion, and eagerness to prove the maid mistaken, giving suspicion to her charitable sisters, they watched her the very next time she went by stealth to supply the office of a mother. And breaking abruptly on her while feeding and caressing the infant, they instantly concluded it was her own, seized it, and, in spite of her entreaties, carried it down to their father. That account which Henry had given Rebecca of his having found the child, and which her own sincerity, joined to the faith she had in his word, made her receive as truth, she now felt would be heard by the present auditors with contempt, even with indignation, as a falsehood. Her affright is easier conceived than described. Accused, and forced by her sisters along with the child before the curate, his attention to their representation... His crimson face, knit brow, and thundering voice struck with terror her very soul. Innocence is not always a protection against fear, sometimes less bold than guilt. In her father and sisters she saw she knew the suspicions, partial, cruel, boisterous natures by whom she was to be judged, and timid, gentle, oppressed, she fell trembling on her knees, and could only articulate, Forgive me. The curate would not listen to the supplication till she had replied to his question, "'Whose child is this?' She replied, "'I do not know.' Questioned louder, and with more violence still, how the child came there, wherefore her affection for it, and whose it was, she felt the improbability of the truth still more forcibly than before, and dreaded some immediate peril from her father's rage, should she dare to relate an apparent lie. She paused to think upon a more probable tale than the real one, and as she hesitated, shook in every limb, while her father exclaimed, "'I understand the cause of this terror. It confirms your sister's fears and your own shame. "'From your infancy I have predicted that some fatal catastrophe would befall you. "'I never loved you like my other children. "'I never had the cause. "'You were always unlike the rest, and I knew your fate would be calamitous.' "'But the very worst of my forebodings did not come to this. "'So young, so guilty, and so artful. "'Tell me this instant. "'Are you married?' "'Rebecca answered, "'No.' "'The sisters lifted up their hands. "'The father continued, "'Vile creature, I thought as much. "'Still I would know the father of this child.' "'She cast up her eyes to heaven, "'and firmly vowed she did not know herself, "'nor who the mother was.' This is not to be borne, exclaimed the curate in fury. Persist in this, and you shall never see my face again. Both your child and you all turn out of my house instantly, unless you confess your crime and own the father. Curious to know the secret, the sisters went up to Rebecca with seeming kindness, and conjured her to spare her father's still greater grief, and her own and her child's public infamy, by acknowledging herself its mother, and naming the man who had undone her emboldened by this insult from her own sex rebecca now began to declare the simple truth but no sooner had she said that the child was presented to her care by a young man who had found it than her sisters burst into laughter and her father into redoubled rage once more the women offered their advice to confess and be forgiven once more the father raved Beguiled by solicitations and terrified by threats, like women formerly accused of witchcraft, and other wretches put to the torture, she thought her present sufferings worse than any that could possibly succeed, and felt inclined to confess a falsehood, at which her virtue shrunk, to obtain a momentary respite from reproach. She felt inclined to take the mother's share of the infant, but was at a loss to whom to give the father's. She thought that Henry had entailed on himself the best right to the charge but she loved him, and could not bear the thought of accusing him falsely. While, with agitation in the extreme, she thus deliberated, the proposition again was put. Whether she would trust to the mercy of her father by confessing, or draw down his immediate vengeance by denying her guilt. She made choice of the former, and with tears and sobs, owned herself the mother of the boy. But still, who is the father? again she shrunk from the question and fervently implored to be spared on that point her petition was rejected with vehemence and the curate's rage increased till she acknowledged henry was the father i thought so exclaimed all her sisters at the same time villain cried the curate the dean shall know before this hour is expired the baseness of the nephew whom he supports upon charity "'He shall know the misery, the grief, the shame he has brought upon me, "'and how unworthy he is of his protection.' "'Oh, have mercy on him!' cried Rebecca, as she still knelt to her father. "'Do not ruin him with his uncle, for he is the best of human beings.' "'Aye, aye, we always saw how much she loved him!' cried her sisters. "'Wicked, unfortunate girl!' said the clergyman, "'his rage now subsiding and tears supplying its place.' "'You have brought a scandal upon us all. "'Your sister's reputation will be stamped with the colour of yours. "'My good name will suffer, but that is trivial. "'Your soul is lost to virtue, to religion, to shame. "'No, indeed,' cried Rebecca, "'if you will but believe me.' "'Do not I believe you? Have you not confessed?' "'You will not pretend to unsay what you have said,' "'cried her eldest sister. "'That would be making things worse.' "'Go, go out of my sight,' said her father.' Take your child with you to your chamber, and never let me see either of you again. I do not turn you out of my doors today, because I gave you my word I would not. If you revealed your shame, but by tomorrow morrow I will provide some place for your reception, where neither I, nor any of your relations, shall ever see or hear of you again. Rebecca made an effort to cling around her father, and once more to declare her innocence. But her sisters interposed, and she was taken with her reputed son, to the chamber where the curate had sentenced her to remain, till she quitted his house for ever. End of chapter 27